Hello and welcome to Old Guard New Blood, uh, episode 29. And today we're talking about strategic alliances. Thanks very much for coming in, everybody, today. We've got a brilliant panel, as usual, uh, and we're going to be talking about uh, what it's like to try and go into business with somebody that may, in a different world, be your competitor or a co-operator, uh, and the idea about why <coughs> it may or may not be um, useful to have make strategic alliances in business. Uh, we've got a great team with us, and I'm going to start with you, Paul. Hey, Paul, as we say in game show world in the UK, What's your name, contestant number one, and where do you come from? Um, name's Paul Stanton. I'm with Agency Analytics, and I am located just outside of Toronto in Canada. I've been in the digital space, including strategic partnerships, for about 23 years. So I would definitely classify as new blood, for sure. Definitely new blood. What? what we've been <laughs> in for 23 years. Okay, yeah. now we're putting you on on guard, mate. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> and uh, I, and, I, and you've, um, you've kindly uh, set up a whole... Uh, relationship of, of the, the majestic stuff that you're using at um, agency.com forward slash majestic. Is that right? Agencyanalytics.com. Agencyanalytics. Agency agency. Yeah. So if anybody wants to know how majestic is working with agency analytics, or rather it's up to agency analytics, how they work with our, our, our API, uh, then um, go have a look, a look at that. And you can see the relationship between agency analytics and majestic um, at, at uh, agencyanalytics.com slash majestic. Uh, and in the technology space as well, I also have um, Laurence. Laurence, who are you and where do you come from? Thanks, Dixon. Uh, my name is Laurence O'Toole. Uh, I'm the CEO and founder of Authoritas. Uh, I've been uh, in the SEO game just as long as Paul. Uh, so there's a veterans category. You can put me in that. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, we uh, we build SEO tools and SEO platforms. It's a cloud-based platform that's used by agencies, enterprises, and um, and, um, yeah, we've been doing that for, um, oh, I don't know, since about 2009. And I've been working with Majestic for, I don't know, over a decade now. Yeah, it's, it's been a long time. Uh, but, but it's not just <clears throat> using APIs. You've got some uh, pretty unique technologies of your own, I think, um, it, it, particularly in the e-commerce space, I think. Yeah, we, we, we um, whilst, you know, a typical SEO platform, all customers can use us, regardless of kind of the walk of life and the business they're in. But we do love working in the e-commerce space. We've got some interesting partnerships there and also with BigQuery and Big Data and, and Analytics Data Studio, that. that kind of stuff. So do a lot of work with agencies in that space too. And so so uh, so moving on to the new blood of the, of the, uh, the panel, uh, the one that hasn't yet got disillusioned with Agency World and is still going there because we all <laughs> gone over to the technology dark side. Laura, who are you and where do you come from? Uh, yeah, uh, it's good makeup that makes me look young. You parts of the bags at the moment. Um, I'm Laura and I own a little agency called Sweet Digital. We're based in Birmingham in the UK. And yeah, we're going to be hitting on the side of agencies working with each other and that tricky little minefield. And just before we came on, you are wearing glasses with headphones embedded in them by Lucid, who are actually one of your Lucid, L-U-C-U-I-D, who are one of your yeah, clients. Lucid, yeah, Lucid, a good friend of ours. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. very good. Well, we can I give like them a plug. Oh, awesome. I mean, they look great. They're, they're fantastic. And, and uh, uh, our, our, our prescription our, to restriction glasses with built-in bluetooth headphones i mean that's absolutely amazing our producer was knocked away you're talking about our producer david how are you very good thank you good and uh, and is there um you know what's ha what's happening uh is there anything i missed before we get into this that i need to talk about how can people hear about us as always all, always all i want to say is that if you're listening to the show 
afterwards on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, please come and join the live stream because you can interact, you can ask questions, you can have fun, you can do a whole lot of things. So just go to majestic.com slash webinars, sign up for the next one live, and hopefully we'll see you in the audience for the next one. Excellent. Brilliant. So let's get down to business uh, and start with, you know, the 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 you know, a place to start a conversation. Uh, and I'm going to start by, by asking everyone um, if they had a one thing. So I, in my opinion, I'm going to argue, strategic alliances are pretty much essential at some point in business. Um, and in your experience then, and if people haven't got time to wait for 45 minutes, what's the one piece of advice that listeners should take away from you uh, when they're thinking about getting into a business venture or a project with another business, particularly one that's in the same field? Uh, and <clears throat> I don't know, I'm going to start with Lawrence with that, if that's okay. Okay, it's always hard, especially for me, to come up with one thing, but I will go with um, put yourself in their shoes first. There's an old Sioux proverb which says, before you judge a man, let you first walk a mile in his moccasins or something like that. And so for <laughs> me, I'm always, always thinking, what's in it for them? What are they going to get out of it? What's motivating them? And really try and, 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 and I just think about it in a cursory way. Think long and hard about what they're going to get out of it, the value they're going to get out, get out of it and how it's going to move them forward. Because so, you want a good outcome for them and not just yourself. Um, so there needs to be a, a you know classic win-win is obviously what everyone talks about but um you know do spend give that due consideration i, I think that's a that's a good tip uh if that's a good place to go laura what about you what do you think is uh is an important thing nugget for people to take away from an agency side it's definitely thinking about the clients first you know it it can be the case that this is a service that you simply can't provide and don't provide so there's nothing wrong with recommending companies that you know and have worked with that can provide that um i know we all want an extra bit of money in our pocket but you're going to have much stronger retention if you just stick with what you know and what you're good at that's a, that also an excellent tip as well and i suppose then if you're going to be you know thinking about the customer sometimes it's not worth having a business relationship you just say look this is nothing to do with us just go and talk to that company over there you don't have to make anything out of it except uh, hopefully a, a beer in a pub sometime in the future so yeah Good tip. Uh, Paul, Any uh, anything different that we can add into there as an idea? Yeah, I, I think mine kind of piggyback on on that one. And it's, it's just really looking at whether or not the alliance will benefit both the businesses and the customer that you're serving. Because I think a lot of times we, you, you look at one lens, but not necessarily the other. And I think it's really important to look at both the business impact and the impact to the end customer or client. So that kind of, yeah, so all three of you kind of come emerge into this idea of a, a triangle of yourselves, of, of all the stakeholders, I suppose. I mean, there may be other stakeholders in there as well. It might be employees who never want to work with, you know, that person or, or, or whatever as well. But so, and, and I suppose looking through a problem through a different lens is a, is a pretty good skill when you're trying to come together and start thinking about business strategy because it's very easy to think about things just from your own perspective so that that i think that that takeaway is a a brilliant one to uh to to, to have right at the start so uh thanks very much for, 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 for those things so let's yeah go on dixon i was, I was just going to say i mean it was, it was hard to come up with one but i mean obviously on a practical note it, in my experience it, it's really important to see there's a good cultural fit uh, and whether you can work together. And one of the quickest ways you can establish that is because we've all had good conversations over the years with people. We've met them at a conference or at a pub or a 
I don't know, wherever you might, you know, at an airport. And you've talked about how you potentially could work together and, you know, and there's a level of excitement there, but maybe one party's have been polite and is a bit more excited, less excited <laughs> than the other. Um, and you can get carried away in the motion. But I think what's important is, is if you follow up very quickly, I don't like to hang around. I'm not one for bureaucracy. So if I hang, follow up quickly with uh, some bullet points to try, to try and establish a heads of terms, if you can't get, you know, that done easily, then you know you'll you'll establish quickly there's not a good cultural fit for for whatever reason, and you'll save yourself a lot of time uh, because you know if you can't do that the rest of the relationship is going to be really difficult. I think because I think uh, Lawrence and I go back a long way because when I was full time majestic we did that relationship with, uh, with 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 you a long time back. So I'm very glad I replied to that very first uh, follow up. <laughs> and if that's the case, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I, mean, I, I will say that, you know sometimes the 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 more even the more difficult strategic relationships are easier than trying to build it yourself. Right? You're you're always looking at these things when you're when you're trying to fill a particular gap as to whether you build it, buy it, or partner with it. And and I, I know in my experience, I've had a few that have been just complete beasts of bureaucracy, but we had to get through that to get to the end of the, get to the end result. Yeah, you must have a lot of alliances and, and allegiances that, in, in the technology. So it's a big part of your your your, your game. We are, we are quickly approaching seventy integrations, so seventy, okay. 70 strategic okay. so partnerships it's, it's, that we work with on a regular build, basis. Building up there, you know. and and is there? Um, you don't have to answer this one, Paul. But you know, is there, are there things in those relationships where because one technology is in there, they're trying to stop another technology getting in? Are those kind of things that come into the conversations a bit, I or think- you know? They may try. We don't really let them because our our goal is to provide as complete a tool set for marketing agencies as possible. And everyone knows that coming in. So, you know, we we partner with a variety of SEO tools and they may be like, well, you know, we don't want to be there with our competitors. It's like that's that's what our platform is, because agencies use different tools. They have different preferences for different reasons. And and our our whole approach is is creating that that full set. And I guess I guess on on the tool side, you know, most of the relationships are uh, either formal or you know, there's terms and conditions somewhere that, that that we can people can refer to if if required. It's probably different on the agency side, though, isn't it, Laura? I suspect you've got much more soft relationships at times, or do you try and have hard, concrete ones as well? Bit of both. So we we don't white label at all but we do have strategic partners that we will recommend to people if we if it's a service that we can't do um then they completely own the relationship you know we don't have any involvement in that um but naturally in any industry money talks so you know we do have um commission with people both ways where if people refer in clients to us so you know there's larger agencies we've worked with in the past that have a higher minimum retainer than we do and then if they refer in a client to us and we sign them we then give them a percentage back for as long as that person was a client with us and um, that was formalized and we had um t's and c's for that the same with like web developers um particularly in like magento and um some of the more complex um, esoteric esoteric platforms yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> the ones that we don't like is like the <laughs> The, the, the way that I usually put the ones that I don't like working with, you know, we, we don't build Magento. So we have partners that we will refer people to and um, they then completely own that relationship. 
but again, you know, we have we have a commission basis in there and it's formalized because it's the easiest way to keep it clean then. You know, if something was to go wrong with that relationship, we're not part of it. Yeah. Yeah. There's no kind of worry there. Yeah. I think Laura brings up an excellent point is that there's there's such a broad definition of what a strategic alliance, a strategic partnership can be. It can be anywhere from a referral relationship, you know, um, content partnership to a full integration, you know, where where they live and breathe together. And the the breadth is so wide that you can you can look at a partnership from so many different angles. Yeah, and, and sometimes you can call it a partnership. Sometimes you can say I'm the customer. Sometimes you can say I'm the I'm the uh, the owner of that relationship. And the the relationship does does vary, I'm sure. But I think it, it, it's it becomes very interesting, especially when both partners are in the same space. I mean, um, so I'm I, I just 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 for the wider audience, you know, I was, I was thinking of you know examples of famous partnerships that are that are, are pretty good maybe you guys can think of some as well but you know so so the one that i always thought was uh really really big in our industry was when microsoft went to ibm and you know famously you know bill gates managed to get them to put the code into all of the uh, the pcs but but without exclusivity so basically it didn't become ibm's operating system and and i think that microsoft done very well well out of that but um it would seem that the ibm didn't do so well out of that but that doesn't mean so the partnership was necessarily wrong because then they went on to do the same sort of thing with dell uh, and and more recently i've seen asus and now microsoft of course have their own surface operating systems and thing uh, service pads and computers as well so so the, that that strategic alliance thing for a mature company seems to be inevitable that they 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 eventually go into that kind of uh, relationship i don't know if there's anything that stands out to anyone else as a, a famous partnership that's that's worked or failed i would just say i don't know famous but i mean you know some industries are just so heavily reliant on them you i mean you wouldn't drive a car without without you know the joint ventures and partnerships uh, that occur in the car industry, and probably even more so uh, now. I noticed um, you looked at people like Rivian, which is a new electric van company. I mean, Amazon invested in them, and then later on ordered, I don't know, 10,000 electric vans from them. And then Ford put another 500 million in. So, um, you know, especially with the new electric vehicles going forward, the whole new car industry is 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 built on partnerships. That's, yeah, that's a that's a really interesting one, actually. Yeah, uh, I've thought you know for for for, for car companies to, to work together in that sort of way. Yeah, I'm going to actually throw another Amazon example that I from my own personal life, which which they were they sort of resisted for a very long time, and that was be simply being able to allow Amazon Prime to be casted onto Google Chromecast devices, and you couldn't do that for far longer than, and in that sort of battle for supremacy in the streaming space i think that was a real miss on their part that they finally addressed and said okay yeah we we know we've got our own we know that this is kind of technically a competitor but we're just we're, we're going to do it yeah absolutely so uh okay so so uh what what do you think you know what about you laura in, in your in your current business what are you, what are, what kinds of you, you you said you're doing doing things where you're going commissions with with, with people. Um, where do you not? Where where would you draw the line in a relationship? You know, where would you say you know, okay, this strategic partnership is not going to work for us, and 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 cut it off. You know, what what are you looking for in a good business relationship? Trust is a key one, really. You know, when 
you're introducing people to your clients. You want to make sure that they're going to do the best job for those clients. And also try not to take the work that you're doing for that client. So, you know, if somebody stepped over that line and was approaching one of our clients for our services, I'd probably cut the relationship off because the trust is gone then for me. Or also if the client kind of fed back and didn't have very positive, you know, things to say about them, the way that they conned with them, the work that was done, then we probably wouldn't recommend them again. I guess I guess so on a lot of your relationships, if if the if it goes sour, you can get out quite quick. It's going to be kind of harder for Paul and Lawrence in the in the technology space for some of your some of your partnerships. And I'm thinking really of well, you've got, for example, rank checking has always been a nightmare for tools like yours, guys, you know. Uh, and uh, and and one day I remember uh, must have been to ten years ago, uh, all of a sudden, all the uh, all the all of you suddenly had problems with rank checking, for example, and uh, and that's because there was no formal relationship with Google around you know uh, about getting rankings and stuff. So, what are the consequences of getting those relationships wrong? Um, I don't know which one wants to jump jump in there. I, I would just say, going back to your first point about the pieces of advice, that's why it's hard to give one because one of the things I always think about. I know it sounds really negative, but I'm not negative at all, but. How is this? Every deal's got a lifespan. So, how is this deal going to end and why? And if you're thinking about it from their perspective from the beginning and you're thinking, okay, all good things come to an end, well, what do I do? So, if I take the Majestic API, for example, I mean, we know we knew back in 2010, 11, we were crawling the web and we could have carried on crawling the web and, you know, built, you know, huge costs and servers and competed with Majestic and probably lost. Uh, but um, we decided not to, which was a good decision in retrospect, and decided to collaborate and partner. But obviously, we did that with a view of, well, what do we do? And, you know, there weren't actually that many choices at the time. There's a few more choices now, but we knew we had other options. Um, and I suppose you, you've got to you've got to have that in mind. So for me, it's, it's a question of um, understanding that every deal has a, has a lifespan. Um, obviously, you normally set terms for that, which might be five years, three years, a year recurring, rolling monthly, whatever it might, whatever the terms might be. But you obviously need to know that, that you know what your contingency plan is if, if things don't pan out as expected. Mm. So I guess you need a, a you know need to plan for a natural end and an unnatural end, really. So you know, so yeah, um, Paul, uh, same with you, same same sort of thoughts. By the way, I don't mind you giving many tips, Lawrence. That's fine. That's absolutely fine. That's better than it depends, which is uh, it's a harder thing for me to I'm say. I'm trying to avoid saying that today. Thank you. you know. <laughs> I mean, for us, it all it all comes down to how well it aligns with the ICP. So, what are marketing agencies looking for, and that. So from so our ICP, what's an um, ICP? Ideal customer. Okay, the, profile. The, yeah. the client okay. profile. Sorry, um, and it, it just it is what do they need, and that's where things change, and that's where it kind of comes from a the lifespan standpoint because you know uh, platforms and tools will come and go, and we need to make sure that we're providing the 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 tools that they need. So we're adding new integrations. Haven't yet experienced a situation where an integration goes away since I've joined agency analytics, but I'm sure that will that will come, that will happen. But it's uh, yeah, that's a, that's it's an interesting point of you know, do you what what where how do you project when you're building that partnership how and when that partnership will likely end? Yeah, that's true. You also have lifespans from the agency side too, because if you're kind of referring work to each other. 
the the agency that's referring work to you may drop their minimum retainer so the leads you get kind of dry up it may be that the agencies sell close you know there's a lot of there's a lot of lifespans as well so you need to have I always think you need to have a, a quite a few on the go if if you're using that as a lead source for safety like suite was pretty much built off of and referral partnerships and kind of strategic partnerships in its initial kind of six to nine months most of the leads that we got on close came from that um but some of those partners you know we don't get much from anymore because their business has changed and how they want to how they want to operate changed so yeah the lifespan is just as important this side of things too well well, that's that's kind of you bring up an interesting point there the idea of strategic alliances generate leads for your business so it's not just about the technology side of things you know both sides can do things i suppose we're doing that right now by you know we're, we're all sort of sharing a, a a platform to to have this conversation um and uh and, and hopefully uh highlighting some of the some of the benefits of working together when you could be working against each other at times so uh so, so uh, um what about what about um the relationship that you might have with with uh, a strategic partner uh i mean you've already said laura that um that you would you would pretty much keep everything very transparent in terms of you know go and talk to these people um and so so you wouldn't sort of put their service behind another behind yours but uh, um and then pretend it's yours um but that's that's the whole model of technology-wise of agency analytics on the other end, where a large part, well, not a large part, but a part of your system is having a white label. In fact, I think our authorities too have got a, a sort of a white label-ish uh, approach to, to 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 some tools. So at that point, um, Lawrence and, and Paul and uh, or Laura, if you want to jump in as well, um, to what extent do you hide the relationship? Um, or celebrate the relationship with with a, a technology partner. Does it? De- and you're allowed to say it depends now, but you've got to say it depends on what. Does it? De- you know, does that? <laughs> does does making that transparent or or not depend uh, whether you know on, on a number of factors? Um, and if so, what factors? I'll let Lawrence go first because he looks like he's thinking. Yeah, well, so, uh, well, I think uh, so. You, I'm not going to say it. Um, it, it, um, it, you know, my 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 view is is that generally, I think it it adds value. Uh, these partnerships add value, and it's great to talk about them because there's so much to be gained. Like, you know, we do joint webinars or you know joint exhibitions or joint marketing collaborations, and generally, you know, it, it works well to be transparent um, about who our partners are and the value that they bring, and also the value we add over and above what they perhaps bring to the table. So in the example with Majestic, we'll take Majestic's API in, but we will recrawl all that data and we'll look at the content and look for relevance to the ranking site so we can give you sort of topical relevance metrics. So, 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 you know, we're, we're always talk about Majestic when we're talking to clients about our platform, always it's on our website. We're very transparent about that. And I think generally that would be our rule. I, I think there are a couple of examples where we might have key partnerships with people where we've, um, perhaps it's a bit left field. It's not from the SEO field, but we're working with someone that gives us access to, to, for example, I don't know, millions of IP addresses, and we might not want to talk about that for strategic reasons. And it's not really relevant to the end customer anyway, because they're not buying an IP address. They're they're you know, they're buying the end product. So in that example, uh, without giving too much away, um, it gives us a competitive edge 
we run our own networks, um, so we're not reliant um, on anybody else, uh, we wouldn't talk about it. Okay, and and, and Paul, what, what would be the occasions when you would go one way or the other, or lean one way or another? Yeah, and, and I just wanted to kind of clarify one thing. We, we kind of have multiple tiers, right? We are very transparent to our clients, the agencies of the integrations. You know, all the integrations are, are branded so you can connect Google Analytics, you can connect Majestic, you can like face, connect Facebook ads into the dashboard. From the white label perspective, we let the agencies white label Make our platform. So we kind yeah. of have that strategic relationship or clients yeah. with them. So that their clients see their brand, not our brand. You know, yeah. that's and then that's, that's entirely an and then that's entirely up to the that's to the agency as to how much exactly. they share of that. You know, uh, and 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 that, that that's for, that I, put the decision I, in their hand. Yeah. But to the to the it depends. I think I, I will connect to what Lawrence said. I think it you know if if it provides value and people are connecting or looking for that particular you know piece of the puzzle that they want to add to their world, I think it makes sense to be transparent. Where if it's something where having that name attached to it doesn't provide any other value, I think that's where you would probably white label it and, and absorb it in. If you, you know, I think to, to Laura's example, you know, it, some agencies will just have that completely transparent. I'm going to pass this along to this person. Some agencies will hire that SEO person, but it keeps the same contact. It keeps the same account manager. They're just outsourcing that work in the back end and the client never even knows. So it really depends on how you want to build that relationship and who you want to be to that client. Yeah, 100%. We have some relationships where we work with agencies that white label us in. So the client doesn't know that we exist, um, but we're, we're the ones doing the work for that agency. Okay, that's interesting. That's interesting. Does that, does that feel, uh, does that make life difficult do you then have to try and remember to send emails from their email address accounts and and things like that does that is that a difficult thing to manage at times does it leak out accidentally <laughs> we've not had it leak out um so we're very careful what i say um that's right i'm it, not asking you to reveal later leaks here, you know it, no, it doesn't it doesn't make it too difficult it's just remembering isn't it you know you're on the analytics for that client's on a different email address to what you might usually log in for or you know you might um, need to remember if you make a document to make sure you're in that email address. Um, it's it's a nice way of doing things. And, you know, we have um, a couple of agencies that we we work with really regularly that, you know, their clients don't know that we exist, but we're kind of helping them out with with bits and bobs. Um, it's it, it's a it's a good, I suppose it's slightly less stressful in some respects because you're not dealing with clients on the account you know you're, do, you're, you're doing the work and, and doing- in, in agency world clients end clients can be the hardest part of the agency relationship can't they you know getting them to uh i, I don't know to, to buy in all the way down the customer funnel and stuff like that but if you've got another agency protecting you brand wise from that you can do exactly what you're told and uh and let them deal with the you know the fallout when suddenly yeah. What you what you were told to do was not what the customer thought was going to happen. So there, there's no, probably for, a bit of a downside sure. in that too, in that there's a, you're, you're dealing with a bit of broken telephone, and that you're getting the direct the direction secondhand. Did you find yeah, that? Or Chinese, Chinese whispers? Yeah. yeah, but it's it's down to the agency to make sure they're feeding what they want in right from the client. Um, there's another there's another kind of way that we have worked with other agencies in this instance too, where we've actually had 
an email address for their company and we and we still talk to the client but they think that you know the employee from my company actually works for this other company as well to the extent that you know this person's even put on that company is kind of meet the team page and things like that um for me it's just always whatever's going to be easier for the clients so technically the agency is our client in that respect um but if we as sweet are ever recommending anybody we don't white label it we just go here you go this person's great at this go talk to them and deal with it i can imagine some work it must be easier to white label than others because you must have found yourself in a situation where i don't know you're, you're white labeling for someone if it's seo work and they say okay we want this done and you might go are you sure you want that done or do you really want that yeah, yeah. You, you don't want that done you want this done oh you know and and have that dialogue with them as opposed to something like i don't know can we just get all these posts out on social media which anybody could do kind of thing you know yeah for sure there can definitely be pushback on things you know if, if we don't think the strategy is right that they're suggesting we'll put it through you don't always win you know you've, you've got to be prepared for that sometimes um but at least you know if you've put it out there worst case scenario they might put it in for next month they might not be able to change this month but they could put it in for next month um but that's on us as well to make sure we build a really good relationship with the agency that's white labeling to us so that almost teaching them if they're not too familiar with seo which would be the reason that they'd want us on board because they they don't necessarily know it themselves so we try and spend time teaching the basics at the very least so that they kind of know what they're talking about and especially when it comes to technical you know they need to know what a canonical is they might not need to know how to fix it but just so they can explain it to their clients. Got to use the right words in the right place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Otherwise, it caught yeah. out very quickly. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Well, the, the, the truth of it must be, uh, or the, the success of a, uh, of a a business relationship um, must be about the problem definition, really, um, in that uh, – in the in the tool space, you can, or, or even the car space, as you went, Laurence, and uh, you know, or, or, or the you know, uh, or, or the operating system space, or computer space, whatever. Uh, you know, the the problem definition is really well defined. As long as the API has reasonable documentation, you can assess what you're going to get for your for your money before you go through all the process of building that that relationship up. Laura, you must find um, that 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 only works on day one if the problem definitely the thing that you've got to do is really really well defined and the more it gets consultative the harder that relationship's got to be yeah and i think that's why you know when we recommend people we know what the relationship is with that person and you know what are they likely to get from this what are we likely to get from this and it's just really clear you know it's it's a numerical commission it's the same every month it's really cut and dry as to how that's going to be when people are kind of white labeling work into us and we're doing the work behind the scenes again you know you always want your contract in place with the agency that you're working for you know with whatever notice period etc so that everybody knows where they stand and and what what kind of the terms are of the work and what the expectation is you know if they're asking you to do seo it's you don't want them to turn around in two weeks time is that asking you to do social because that isn't what you kind of discussed in contract to do so i think as long as you're all clear with each other and just have a really open dialogue at the start it will it will make it a lot easier in the in the long run you know we've got referral partners that we've been working with for years and never had any issues touch wood so. i think one of the things that uh, i'm sure lawrence has experienced as well is 
the one of the challenges you have with a strategic partnership is when that the problem definition and the technical capabilities of the API or whatever the integration is don't necessarily align. Where you know we we want to be able to pull in this data for these agencies, the API only provides this data. So how do you how do you bridge those gaps or how do you put something out that is valuable? Yeah, that and that happens a lot. I think. Um, sorry, Lawrence, you want to jump? Yeah, in? I was going to say that's definitely true. Or putting it in other ways, where. Uh, you sort of work with another technology partner and it's a question of you're kind of trying to bring both your sets of skills and data to solve a problem. And it's kind of like, how do we, how do we merge our technology with yours and should we use your API or ours or, uh, you know, so where, where it's, where it's cut and dried on a supplier side, it's much easier from a tools perspective. You know, so if I look at suppliers to us, it's like, I want linked data. Great. You know, if I wanted to bring in, we've got our own crawler, but if I wanted to bring in crawl data that I could, I could get an API from somebody. Uh, but when you're on the, when you're on the sales side, it, maybe you're creating a new proposition, then it's obviously, you know, we'll probably get into those sort of complex type of discussions that Paul was mentioned earlier, where we're actually, you know, you're, you're, it's a proper joint venture. You're putting in effort and resources and expertise and data to try and build something that doesn't exist right now. I guess another, uh, dis- danger with with you know pulling in people's apis uh, though is uh, you got to you got to know the pedigree of where that data is coming from a little bit as well because you know right at the start Lawrence, you probably you and I probably knew each other when Yahoo Search Explorer was still out. So there was some link, there was there were lots of tools using Yahoo Site Explorer for for link data. Um, and of course that just came offline one day and no one was paying anything for it. But I would imagine that some people had built tools on that data and then were selling APIs on top of that information out to uh, out, out to third parties. So uh so from from uh, i know from i mean i'm not involved in majestic for uh, the, at this level of detail now but i know in their past they've been very careful to uh try and not promise what they can't deliver for the reasonable future obviously the world could always change but you know i think they've uh, been quite good at making sure they're not building on somebody else's technology that then stops them from making a reasonable promise to you know to the agency analytics or authorities of this world um and that's not always the case with all of the technologies not all can do it no not all you know some of them have to you know rank checking is a is a very you know difficult thing if google doesn't want to be rank checked so uh, it's a it's 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 a it's a challenge so it's a good it's a good uh point to make actually and it's uh you know the provenance of the data obviously we we took that decision we knew we met we came up and met the majestic team met, met alex you know looked at the data and what you were doing and we we're like okay yeah you're going to be much better at this than us let's stick to what we're good at and you know which was getting ironically getting keyword ranking data um but over the time you know you know the decade or more i've been you know running this business or even before in other businesses um sometimes you get offers from people that are just too good to be true and and generally they are too good to be true there's something wrong somewhere and and <laughs> you know for me uh you've seen that in the seo industry without mentioning names but i mean things like you know these ip you know yeah, well, don't, offer, yeah, don't- don't, no. don't mention any names again again no, with Jessica no. just no, for no, through no, the show, no, you know. No, but, but what I mean is things like um, you know, take IPs and you know, you find out actually they're not it's not a sort of valid proxy network, but it's uh, residential IP addresses and then people don't know that their IPs are being used. And that's why I've got a big problem with clickstream data, you know, and you and you saw what happened to jump shot and then hitwise and how that cascaded down the industry because something I've asked me that data's not available and you know. 
people are having their data used and they're not they're not aware of it. Yeah, that, that jump stock clickstream data was was a very uh, big one for us to turn down uh, back in the day uh, because we we thought you know I, I'm not sure that this is sustainable as a as a methodology, uh, and uh, and so it came to, we were, we we were lucky there we didn't get get into that, but uh, I would imagine. You know, most or many SEO tools did at that particular point. Sorry, did you want to jump into the tool, Paul? Uh, well, it, actually, not necessarily, but I think just one additional thought that I wanted to make sure we cover before we we you know get close to the end is one of the other parts, the, the other important parts of a strategic relationship is is kind of dealing with how your partner is positioning you, particularly when you are you know one of several partners, and uh, this this goes back to. You know, I told you I've been doing this for 23 years. We when I, I'm, One of the first strategic partnerships I ever helped negotiate was between the CBC, which was the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, and BlackBerry to create one of the first mobile news feeds. And, and we really had a, the, everything else was settled. And a big part of the, the discussion was where did we end up in the list of, of news between ourselves and CNN and and kind of negotiating where do we fit in that partnership world? Okay. It's an important part of that. That yeah, yeah, development. yeah, yeah. I yeah, I think that's a, a very fair point. You know what? It's uh, it's been a fascinating discussion, uh, and uh, we're pretty much getting close to the to the end already. So uh, I told you to go quick, uh, and, and and so it's so it's been. But uh, before we go, I mean, I'd I'd, I'd love you to. Um, all say you know where they can find uh, more about you um and uh you know if they wanted to track you down and uh make a partnership with you or um investigate the products where do they go laura why don't i start with you yeah so um sweetdigital.co.uk is the website um you can get in touch or you can drop me an email to laura at jellybeanagency.co.uk just for some confusion fantastic uh, paul you've already given a url so give it out again or is there yeah. somewhere else they should go <laughs> yeah so i mean again uh, agency analytics so any marketing agencies that want to look at um you know i, I guess the recap note is we kind of look at our partnerships or our strategic alliances as the, the the pieces of a marketing agency's puzzle and we're like the picture on the box that helps them figure out where everything goes so if anyone wants to find out more about how we help agencies it's agencyanalytics.com and for anyone specific to majestic it would be agencyanalytics.com slash majestic lovely and lawrence so yeah thanks uh so lawrence o'toole uh visit the website authoritas.com or find me on linkedin you should find me fairly easily um and yeah in terms of partnerships i mean we've got some great partnerships in e-commerce with people like group buy which are into site search and merchandising so definitely looking for more partnerships in the e-commerce arena and also on the big query data and analytics side of things with data studio where we're doing a lot of work right now and for those that are on a podcast um o'toole is spelt o-t-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-o-
Jesse from PRAGM and Gianna Branchetti Truscawa from Start Downs. So that'll be a month's time, Wednesday the 6th of July, 5pm UK time. Just go to majestic.com slash webinars to sign up for that. And I think we're promoting you to uh, to, to lead for that one as well, aren't we, David? So, uh, <laughs> Maybe. <think> <laughs> I'm, I'm, trying, I'm, I'm trying to go down the Danube that day. So uh, we, we, if we haven't talked about that, we may be. Okay. So. <laughs> that, uh, live streaming on the river. That's great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> guys, um, it's been a fascinating conversation. I've really enjoyed it. Uh, it's been interesting to look at things through, through different lenses and also from different perspectives. Um, I hope uh, everybody out there in podcast land got something out of it. Certainly I did. And uh, just leaves me to say thank you very much and see you soon in cyberspace guys yeah thanks, thanks. it was a pleasure meeting thanks. everyone yeah and laura i love your glasses laura. i'm gonna have to check that out <laughs> <laughs> thanks guys